Hallelujah. Glory to God. Isn't God good? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your presence. Lord, we thank you that that you would visit, that you would presence yourself. And Lord, we know that you are all places, all times. But but Lord, we thank you for the manifestation of of your presence, the reality of your presence, Lord. Lord, to touch hearts. Lord, to draw us closer to you. So, Father, as this morning as, um, as I speak your word, I, I just pray, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit, uh, Lord, you would make those words land in hearts. Lord, because that's what changes us. Your word by your spirit. And, Father, we just, we just exalt you and thank you and give you all the glory. To your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 There's a, um, a number of months ago I, I um, spoke on, on truth. And, uh, and you could look at our, our society today and, and you think, well, there's something sadly lacking. <laughs> Um, and uh, and and that's truth. But you know, as a as a believer, as a as a as a follower of Christ, truth needs to be within us, and He is. But truth needs to be our our guide in all things. And you know, sometimes I think. In the church world, it's been, okay, we go to church and, and you know, we, we hear the word and that's fine. And then, and then, but we don't allow the truth that he is to guide us in our everyday experience. And that's not it. You're not a believer on a particular day of the week if you are a follower of Christ. You are his every day of the week. And what you believe or what, you, um, what governs your life has to be rooted and grounded in him. In Psalm 51 verse 6, this is, um, this is David. And it was during that period where you know, Nathan the prophet had, had come to David and, and he had said, he, he'd made known... Um, David's sin and, and, and David was repentant and you know we, we won't go into the to all the details of the that's another story but but you know he he had got himself in a in a horrible pickle but he was repentant before God and, and he says in Psalm 51 verse 6 behold you God desire truth in the inward parts 
and in the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. And the hidden part is our heart. It's our, it's our, it's our soul. It's our mind, our will, and our emotions. It's, it's what people can't see until we reveal, until we open our mouth <laughs> and uh, start revealing what's in our heart. But it's the hidden place of the heart. It's where God is working that nobody else sees. That's where he's working. That's where he's doing that work. And that's where that work will be shown in the things that we do. If you've got your Bibles, I'd like to turn to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. I'm going to read the first four verses and verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and nothing, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. So everything comes from God. Everything comes from God. And the proper function of everything has its origin as and is sustained by God. And you see verse 4, life and light are equal. Life and light are equal. So if you don't have light, you don't have life. That's how it goes. They are one. That word truth, you know, I was looking for something really, really, really deep. Sometimes you, you look at, wor at words in the, in the original and, and it just... <laughs> yeah. I was looking at the word truth. You know what it means? True. Truly. Truth. And this word, verity, that's a really old word. I thought it was the name, we've got a, a girl in the school, her name is Verity. I thought, yeah, girl's name, Verity. That word Verity means a true principle or belief, especially one of fundamental importance. The word of God is fundamentally important to our life and being fundamentally now truth is straightforward do you know that truth is straightforward it is the reality of god it is assured it can be totally trusted it is certain it is established it is sure truth Now, Jesus said in, in John chapter 14, verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we know that that I am, we can trace that through scripture. I am is very powerful. When Moses said to God, who, who, who am I going to say that, that sent me to the, to the people of, of children of Israel? And God said, I am. Say, I am sent you. Because he, God is, always has been, always will be. He just is. There's no time limit on God. I am. You know, when, the, when, the, um, when the crowd came to arrest Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, they said, we're, you know, we're looking for, for Jesus of Nazareth. And, and when he said, I am he, and the scripture says, they all lurched backwards and fell over. <laughs> he, just rele- <laughs> he just released a little bit of power in the I am. So Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In John 17, verse 17, when Jesus was praying, that was his prayer for, for his disciples, himself, for his disciples, and then the world. When he was praying, he said, your word is truth. So that I am the truth and the word, they're, they're all in there together. It is all one. It is all one. It's, um, we're parked in the book of John this morning, so um, if you just turn over to John chapter 3. I'm just, est- I'm just establishing the basis of, of truth. Who it is, where it comes from, and then we'll have a look at some other elements. John chapter 3. And uh, I'll start in the best known verse in the Bible. Uh, 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, but men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practising evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. And, you know, when you, when you read that passage, and in particular, we're going to land in verse 21 there. I'll read again. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Does that sound like a, a merits-based gospel? Does that, does that give you the impression there? You've actually come to God because you've been doing the right thing and, and God's accepted you. You, you, could, you could read it like that. It, it is not. 
It is not a merits-based gospel. The Pharisees and the religious people were trying to get into God's good books by doing all the, all the things. Uh, missed it completely. It is not, it's not by works. It is by faith. Works don't put you in right standing with God. Faith does. You know, James says faith without works is dead. That is correct, but we can't put the cart before the horse. <laughs> faith comes first and works flow from faith. But you can't come to God with works and say, see what I've done for you. It does not work like that. So let's have a look at this verse then. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Does the truth. He who does the truth. And then it talks about his deeds. Now, there's another verse in John chapter 6, verse 29. People came to Jesus and asked, what should we do to work the works of God? What, what, you know, what, are, we, what are we supposed to do to, to do what God wants? And Jesus' response was, this is the work of God that you believe in, whom, in him whom he sent. That word work in that verse, this is the work of God, and that word deeds in the other verse, that his deeds may be clearly seen, are the one word. They're translated different words in English. They are the one Greek word. That puts a little bit of a different light. We do the truth when we believe the truth. We can't actually do the truth without believing the truth. If we try and do the truth without believing the truth, we might get into religious works, but we will not be grounded in the truth of God. So just back into verse 19, and it says, And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. And this is, the, this is the environment or this is the world that, that we live in, that that which is true now is looked upon as something that is, being, that is, is, is not good. And you know, there, are, there are warnings in Scripture regarding um, that, but there's a beauty in Isaiah and you will relate very much to, to, um, to this. Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20 says, Woe to those. Now, when God says woe, it's not good. It's woe. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And in our society today, 
Wow. You do not have to look far to see that message. There is a consequence for distorting truth. There's a consequence. There has to be. So truth, that's the word, used outside the context of God, his character, his creation, his principles, is not truth. It is a lie. So when I hear somebody start off with, well, my truth is, I know there's a lie coming. I know there is a lie following. Let that be a little red flag. Well, my truth... No, you don't get to have your own truth. You can have a lie and live in that, but you don't get to have your own truth outside of what is truth. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ and his word that he's left us and that's it. That's it. Hmm. John 14, 15, Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So there's a doing in that, isn't there? So listen to what people say. In our, in our everyday walk about life, listen. Listen carefully to what people say. Then ask... Does this obey or disobey a commandment of God? We get that? Listen and then ask yourself, does this obey or disobey a commandment of God? Now, some are really simple. I said the, the, I said the truth is straightforward. It is. The truth is straightforward. But we live in a complicated world. Absolutely we do. What's the complication? Sin. Sin makes things very, very complicated and very, very messy. But the truth is straightforward. And sometimes we get pulled into, you know, the, 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 the muck, if you like. The details, the what-ifs, the what-happens-when, all those things. Because there is sin that has complicated issues tremendously. But if we get back, if we can identify, well, what's actually the truth in this situation, you can actually cut through a whole lot of that. So I said some are simple. Abortion. Very, very, very simple. Ten Commandments. Number six, you shall not murder. That is a simple truth. Now, I'm not saying that, that, that the situation um, is, is not complicated. It is, because there's sin involved. It is complicated. But the truth is really, really simple. I heard... Friday, I uh, had the radio on 
driving in my car. Don't recommend it. Um, and the particular radio announcer on the ABC, ABC was speaking about the abhorrence, abhorrent was the word she, that she used, saying that abortion was murder. That was abhorrent, calling good evil and evil good. <laughs> so some are simple. Some, you've got to dig a little bit deeper. Lies can be presented as truth, and they are, and that's, that's where people get themselves in a muddle. And it's not only people who are not following Jesus who get themselves in a muddle through a lie presented to them as being true. That's why we need to... Now, God moves by his Spirit, and following the moving of the Spirit is where we want to be. That's where we want to be. But God has also given us an intellect. And we can't turn off our brain. Now, there are times where your brain can get in the way. Your brain can get in the way. And sometimes you need to just defer <laughs> and, and allow God to, to move you in the way he wants you to go by his spirit. But you do have the ability to think. So things that are presented to you in this world, we have the ability to make a, 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 actually a rational judgment. We can look at that, we can think about that, and we should, and dissect an argument that's coming at us, that's presented as truth, which is a lie, and say, oh, okay, how does this relate back to what God has said? If we don't do that, it's actually, it's actually, it's actually a little bit lazy just to hear something and just let it go in. Guard your heart, Scripture says. Guard your heart. Let's have a quick look at um, Romans uh, chapter 1. Now, Paul lays out um, the issue of rejecting truth. Romans chapter 1. And... Verse 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. There it is. There is a suppression of the truth, and the truth is the word of God. So there's a suppression of the truth. Because what may be made known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. And it says about the creation. If you can look at creation and everything that God has done, and, 
and not understand that there is a creative force behind everything that there is, you're deceived. The creation is an expression of God's creativity. Um, We will pick it up. Talks about hearts being darkened, but um, verse 24. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonour their bodies among themselves. Verse 25. Who exalted the truth of God for a lie. There it is. When we exalt the truth of God for a lie, we're on a foundation that's... that's It's not a foundation. (laughs) It's a nothing. Who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped the served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, uh, etc. That's talking about a a, a particular area. It's, It's transferable to anything if you leave the truth and believe a lie everything's open everything's okay there's nothing that is out of bounds and in that way people people's lives are destroyed because the enemy has access and his direction takes them. Not a good place. That word lie, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie, that word lie in the Greek is the word, uh, it's where the word pseudo comes from. You've heard that, that word, pseudo? You put that word in front of anything and it means it's not true. And uh, I would suggest to you that there is, in our world today, there is pseudoscience. It's not true. It is not true. Thousands of people, possibly tens or hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands maybe, thousands of people will die in Europe this winter. It's being spoken about. The northern winters are extreme. European winters are extreme. Further north you go, the more extreme they get. Snow below zero temperatures... And they're going to die. And you think, why? Why am I saying that? They're going to die because they will not be able to heat their houses. It's, it's, it's out there. It's, it's, it's really clear. There's energy crisis and all the rest of it. And you say, oh, that's the war in mother. No, it's a direction that has been taken that is contrary 
to the truth. This one's a little bit more complicated. And this one is, is, it is so pervasive in our society right now that if, you're not, if you've not got your filters up, you will start speaking this stuff. So thousands of people are going to die in Europe this winter because people believe the lie. And the lie is being propagated over and over and full, full time. How long back do you have to go? Probably, I don't know. A number of decades ago, um, there was, we were told, for those who are old enough, so my vintage or, or um, older, um, we were told about the great ice age that was coming. There was going to be a great ice age, that we were all going to be in trouble, we were going to freeze um, because this was, uh, this was coming, because the climate was being wrecked. And this is, this is decades ago. And um, there was a, a, a particular meeting, a particular meeting of, of science, business, all these people came together... And from that meeting, from that, that was, it was, you know, it was a, a an ex, you know, days of, of meeting. But from that con well, conference, from that conference, they came out and the message was, the earth's getting warmer, the earth's getting warmer. And they go, oh, what, what happened? What happened? We went from getting colder, getting colder, we're all going to freeze, to getting warmer, getting water, we're all going to drown. Now, that took a very long time to gain traction, that message. It was, out, it was there, but it took a very long time to gain traction. It's gained traction now. You can't, you can't read anything, listen to anything where it's not front and centre. Global warming, climate change. I'm just going to share a, a little bit about... This is a tiny, tiny little aspect of it, okay? Um, a number of years ago, I got solar panels on the roof of my house, okay? It seemed like a good thing to do. And in actual fact, my power bill was reduced considerably because of those solar panels on my roof. And you think, well, there you go, proof of, great, okay. Now you've got to be, you've got to be, you've got to be clever about it. You've got to, you've got to actually be using appliances through the daytime. Who knows why that is? Oh, the sun's out. Okay, okay. So it's sun dependent, right? That's it. Okay. So that explains why my my electricity bill in the summer quarter is this size, and my electricity bill in the winter quarter is this size. Okay, well, that's, that's straightforward. Okay. Who knows what sort of lifespan solar panels have, that they are effective and they, and they if you get good ones. Does anyone know? Yeah. Okay, that's about it. 
10 to 15 years. They will go longer than that, but their, 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 um, uh, the effectiveness, the, um, yeah, reduces, the output reduces significantly. Okay, so how was the solar panel made? There was actually a lot of stuff that had to be mined. Lots and lots of stuff that had to be mined. There's actually a lot of fossil fuel in the production of those solar panels. And you can't actually create them any other way. There's a lot, they're full of carbon. It's fossil fuel based. So there's a fusion of, of different elements that go to make up those those cells and it won't be able to be produced using renewable energy so they're, they're, they're a carbon based um, fossil fuel um, intensive in the production so after the let's say I've got some good ones and they go for 20 years let's say what do I do with them then they cannot be recycled. They can't be. You can, you can look at all the, all the stuff for that. They're landfill. They cannot be recycled. They cannot remove, because of the, the, the fusion of the, of the different elements in the, in, the, in the solar cells, they cannot be separated. It's junk. It's... It's landfill. Now, we are talking about sustainable clean energy, aren't we? That's what we're talking about. So there, there is a... There, I've had a benefit from having solar panels on my, on my roof. Can we extrapolate that to, to um, the push for renewable energies and renewable energies exclusively? No, we can't. We can't. Because the sun doesn't always shine. They say, oh, well, there's wind turbines. Yeah, great. They're good. They can't be recycled either. And they have a lifespan of about 20 years. Now, you, you can go past... Um, uh, we, we were in um, England and Scotland in 2017, and the, 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 wind, the wind farms there, massive, massive. You know, you see some around um, you know, Australia, you think, oh, they're impressive. Well, you get two or 300 of them all in the one place, and you think, whoa, that is... It is phenomenal. You can't recycle that stuff. The blades can't be recycled. They are landfill. And we would, you know, you'd go past and there'd be, you know, there'd be, there'd be, you know, whatever, 100 in this one patch and, and you look at them, you look over and you think, well, there's about 10% of them, they're not working at the moment. What's going on? Well, it's like anything mechanical. They have issues, need to be repaired. Big job. You know, there's 600 cubic metres in the foundation of one of those towers. 
concrete mining and, and production is probably one of the dirtiest um, activities on the planet. But we are talking about clean and renewable energy. How are we going? If people got, if people got um, serious with it, um, there is a, there is a, there is a, an option of, of nuclear power. And how, how many bad words have been said about nuclear power? Uh, oh, what about Fukushima? Well, don't put a flippin' nuclear reactor on the coast where you get tidal waves, tsunamis. That was dumb. What about Chernobyl? Yeah, 1950s um, technology that uh, wasn't very well managed. Yeah, okay. The footprint of, a, of a, a nuclear power station is minute compared to the equivalent size that you would need to um, generate solar and is absolutely dwarfed by the size of the, of the construction that you would need to, uh, with wind turbines to, to, um, to create the same amount of energy. When you cover productive land with um, solar panels and wind turbines, guess what? Can't use it for anything else. Can't use it for anything else. So that's all, that's all good. And you say, well, how does this relate to the word of God? How about this? God said in Genesis, fill the earth. Fill the earth with what? People. Not fill the earth with solar panels or fill the earth with wind turbines. Fill the earth with people. Why? Because God's heart is for people. He wants people in his kingdom. Now, you can look at the population of the, of the earth over its, over its history and, you know, if we had a, had a, a, a graph of, of world population over time, it sort of goes like this. Population, 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 population. Oh, what happened? What happened? What happened that the population of the earth just went like that? Research it. Research, what was the reason for population explosion? That's what, it's, um, that's what it's called. Do you know it's so closely linked to fossil fuel? It's the Industrial Revolution and everything that followed in that, in that trajectory. So the fuel... The cheap and accessible fuel allowed for the earth to be filled. The argument for all the renewable energies, etc., etc., etc. Now, look, uh, 
there are things that happen on the planet that devastate the environment. And they're done out of greed. They're done out of self-interest. And yes, there are things that are, are, are absolutely detrimental to our environment. And, the gods, and God said that for Adam and Eve when they were in the garden, that, that, that their job was to care for. Our job is actually to care for the planet that God has given us. And, and I don't deny that that's, that's a given. Okay? So many things that are done out of, out of um, you know, self-interest and, and uh, the root of all evil. <laughs> Love of money. But the whole basis of, of, of the climate change argument is that we are here, this is our only planet, okay, and, you know, we don't know when we're going to be able to fly off to another planet and make another, you know, colony somewhere. So we have to, we have to look after the scarce and limited resources that we have on this planet because it's, you know, in a million years' time, well, if we keep going like this, what's going to be the, the, um, the situation? And, um, and that's fine. But it says in Genesis 8.22, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. While the earth remains, what does that imply? There's an end date. There's a use-by date. There's an end point. And you say, well, you don't know when that's going to be. No, I don't. God does. Gives us lots of indications in his word. We can see from his word and where we're living in this time that you know, it's not going to happen tomorrow. But we're not looking at, you know, a thousand years. <laughs> we're not looking at, at what is being promoted. So in that regard, so back to, back to truth, in that regard, we've got to l l listen to what's coming at us and then say, okay, how does all this, all that's coming at us, how does that relate back to the Word of God? And in this instance, the, the, the motivation, well, we, that's a whole other story of the motivation, but the, the thinking of, of people who actually adhere to this, the thinking of people who, who are wanting to keep the earth you know, in a usable state for, um, uh, or, or you know, ration the, the, the goods because you know, the earth's going to be here for... for, for it's, it's not biblical. There is an end point that God has said. Jesus Christ is going to return. And what is propagated, if what's propagated is true, there will be benefit. If it is a lie, there will be disruption and 
whole lot of negative impacts. And that's exactly what we're starting to experience now. You know, you start looking at, you start talking about energy prices and all the rest of it. Well, come on, think. Hallelujah. You know, Romans 12.2, Paul writes that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our, our mind. Be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And I've said it before, the renewing of our mind is the renewing to the word of God. So when we're presented with things that are untruth, that are presented as truth, we take it and we see what God's word says. So there's an imperative for us, isn't there? To be in the word, to actually know what God has said. But then we are, our mind can be renewed, will be renewed, as we are in his word. I want to read John chapter 8, if you'd like to turn there. Now this is... This is... Um, this message would be heresy to the world. Absolute heresy. You can't say that. Because we have a narrative and the narrative says something different. John chapter 8 verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, and I always find this a really interesting passage. Jesus said, and I've looked at different versions trying to see if there's little you know, things outside of what I'm, I'm reading here. But then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say we will be made free? Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. <laughs> You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now we can't limit, we can't limit that truth to the logos, the written word of God. I think, oh, I don't know if you're going in the right place here. Who is the truth? Jesus. The Pharisees had all the written word of God and they didn't have a clue because they rejected the truth in the person of Jesus Christ, the word of God made flesh. They rejected him. And the words that they had were a dead letter. They were not life to them because they rejected the one 
the words came from. They rejected the truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And you say, well, I, I, I know Jesus. I, I know Jesus. The Apostle Paul in Philippians 3 verse 10, the cry of his heart was to know him, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That was the cry of his heart, that I may know him. There's, a not, there's not a once off, oh, I've accepted Jesus to come into my heart. It's all good. Well, that's good. That's very good. But do you know there is a, there's a, a, a greater a depth? There's always a greater depth in our knowing of who Jesus is. He is the truth. And it's in knowing him and our relationship with him, drawing closer to him, being humble in our heart to open our heart before him and just open our heart. Just let him into every room in the house. You know, there are some rooms where we say, okay, you know, can't go there. Well, we're actually restricting our knowledge of who Jesus is by restricting him access because he wants that access to every part. And in that access to every part, he can do that changing work that's required. <laughs> I just want to I just say one word about um, the idea of, of, of um, what the world, how the world defends the lie. The world defends the lie with this simple statement, oh, that's a conspiracy theory. Now, you can do your research on, on that term, conspiracy theory. Um, the, the actual term comes back to somewhere in the 1950s but really took off after the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And conspiracy theory is a derogatory term that's put out there that says, OK, um, you're, you're, you're a loony <laughs> because you believe in a conspiracy. Do people conspire? Do they? Conspiracy. A secret plan by a group to do something unlawful or harmful. Do people conspire? All the time, on different levels. There are actually 26 verses in Scripture that talk about conspiracies. Absalom conspired against his father, King David. It was a conspiracy. He conspired against his father to take the crown. How about this one? This is John 11, verse 53. So from that day, they planned together to kill him. Talking about Jesus. 
What's a conspiracy? A secret plan by a group to do something unlawful or harmful. They did it secretly because the people thought that Jesus was a prophet. But they conspired. They had a plan. And they followed that through. So please, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. <laughs> when you hear that term, understand it's a, it's a cover for a lie. It's a discredit for a lie. Now, look, I'm not saying that every theory <laughs> that ever comes your way. And, and I would suggest, I would also suggest, don't get caught in spending all your time in that space. Yeah. Spend your time in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Because in doing that, the other things will just be so apparent and, and so obvious that, that, yeah. Now Jesus said, talking to his disciples, in John 14, 17, he said, the Father will send you another helper, the Spirit of Truth. Now he's trying to prepare his disciples for what was coming. The Father will send another helper, the Spirit of Truth. John 15, 26. The Spirit of Truth, he will testify of me. And then in John 16 and verse 13, Jesus said, oh, verse 12, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot hear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Hallelujah. 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 There is our relationship with Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, the one who gave his life for us, the one who shows us the way to God. And there is a, there is a cooperation with the Holy Spirit, the one who draws us to Jesus. <laughs> yeah. If you're, if you're sitting in here today and you've asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, it was the Holy Spirit who drew you to make that decision. <laughs> it's a pretty good deal. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit is actually going to be the one who brings us into all truth. This is the truth, the Word of God. And the light that the Holy Spirit puts within us, that, that, that enlightening of the word of God brings us into all truth. He makes it alive. He makes it go off on the inside of us that we can be all that God has called us to be. That we cannot be those that are, 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 are pulled into the, thing that, the things that the enemy is doing, the things that the enemy is saying that they will be absolutely stark and clear before our eyes. And that's fine, but we need to concentrate on what God is going to do in us and then through us.
Hallelujah. 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 Now, there might be some things in, in, uh, in that message that you need to go and think about. The, the message will get onto the, onto the website and you can go over and ponder some of those things. Do your research. That's actually a, a tricky one in itself, isn't it? it? It actually is a tricky one because, you know, we, we live in an information age. We have access to the internet. Guess what most of the stuff on the internet is? Yeah. Yeah. If you've got an old set of encyclopedias, don't get rid of them. Because a lot of the stuff in there was written before there were, and that, you know, haven't changed, that, um, you know, his, historically accurate and not been tampered with and adulterated and, and put on the internet as being something that's true. So guard your hearts, fall in love with Jesus again and again and again and just let him do that work that he created you to experience and to live in. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you are the truth, absolute, ultimate truth. And Lord, that we can, we can gauge all our experiences and, and the life that you've given us. We can uh, run a slide rule, which is your word, over what we're presented with. And we can uh, truly see uh, what's behind and what's motivating and whether those things are from you or not. Uh, so, Lord, give us, um, give us wisdom in all of that. Uh, to be able to, even to be able to um, share the truth and to share the, the good news of the, of the, of the gospel. And, and, uh, and in that... Um, yeah, not get bogged down in the complexity of uh, what's not from you. Hallelujah. We want to be Paul, like Paul, who determined not to know anything but Christ and him crucified. <laughs> because that's where the power is. And, uh, and Lord, as, as we accept you as truth and, uh, and are able to, to really effectively... Um, share that truth to others, Lord. That's, that's where the victory is. So. so, Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the leading of your spirit. And give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen and amen. Good morning, church. How good is Sammy about? Cool. Caleb, do you know what the first song was in the worship set this morning?
putting Caleb on the spot, but he'll find it. So, um, last night I sat down and I was asking God about communion today and he took me on a bit of a journey and then I got here and that first song played and I went, I don't think I need to do communion anymore because it's got every scripture in it. (laughs) How good. But... um, But I felt like God say initially to me um, around communion, it's not what they expected. It's not what they expected. You know, and I was reading through the story in um, Matthew 27 and it's the lead up to Jesus being crucified and it talks about, um, you know, the gathering of the crowd that were around him that stood... um, you know, were there when Pilate was um, was talking to the crowd and everyone's mocking him and watching him being beaten, thinking this is the best thing since sliced bread and they're all there celebrating this thing because they thought it was the end. And even at the crucifixion itself, there was people that gathered at the bottom of the cross that stood there thinking, literally waiting until he died, they wanted to know he was dead because then it was over. But it's not what we expect. And I'm going to read to you in um, Matthew 27, which is is the words of that song. Did you, do you know what it is? All hail. All hail King Jesus. That's the one. If you listen, go home and listen to those lyrics and we might put it on when I'm... Um, done but if you go home and listen to those lyrics it talks about um, people standing there and expecting that this is the end and then it goes on and I'm going to read it to you first and it'll make a bit more sense but Matthew 27 um, 39 those who'd passed by hurled insults at him shaking their heads and saying you who are going to destroy the temple and build it up in three days why don't you save yourself come down from that cross if you are the son of God in the same way the chief priests and teachers of the law and the elders mocked him he he saved others they said but he can't save himself he's the king of Israel let him come down now from that cross and we will believe in him He trusts in God, let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. And in the same way, the robbers who were next to him also heaped insults on him. Everyone's there thinking this is the end. It's not as as they thought. And then if we skip down to... um, to Verse 51, the in-between verses, they're just talking about they thought he was calling out to Elijah. Elijah was going to come and rescue him. Verse 51, it said, At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This is when Jesus has left his body. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. That's literally what that song was talking about this morning the earth shook and the rocks split the tomb broke open and dead and the bodies of the most holy people who had died were raised to life they came out of the tombs and after Jesus resurrection they went to the holy city and appeared to many people 
When the centurion and those who were with him were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, surely he was the son of God. Many women were there watching from a distance and they had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs and among them were the two Marys. So Jesus leaves this earth and in the process of him leaving, there's crazy signs, wonders and miracles going on. (laughs) He's leaving and there's signs, wonders and miracles. He's coming back. Preceded by signs, wonders, and miracles. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> if, you, if, you follow, um, if you follow this right through into Matthew 28, it goes on to, to talk about um, people running back into the city and saying, you know, Jesus has been raised to life and that he's not in the tomb anymore and he starts appearing to people. That's, that's got to freak you out, hasn't it? Now, you know, it doesn't really say much in here, but I can't imagine the disciples who had seen all of this happen are sitting at the bottom of that cross going, it's totally fine, he's got this, three days later he'll be back. Because there's a crowd of people around him, taunting him, saying this is the end. And who knows if you're stuck in a crowd of people that say, oh, this is the end, the world's terrible, it's all going to rubbish. All of a sudden, you're caught up in that. Oh, isn't this rubbish? The world's going to end. Yeah? I can't imagine they were in a place where they were ready to see him again (laughs) and go... It's as he said. But he, but he appeared to them anyway. <laughs> and then, you know, they've had this crazy encounter. This is his last words to them. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very ends of the age. So he came back, and in the midst of chaos where people didn't think, you know, they've probably let their mind wander, and they're not too sure he's coming back, He rocks up in their face and said, oh, forget that. If you rocked up to me like that, I'd be standing there going, I can't take in anything you're telling me right now. (laughs) This is a bit much. (laughs) But then he gives them an instruction. This is what I want you to do. Go. Go and make disciples. Isn't it interesting, though, that he left and there was miracles? And then he came back and there was more miracles You know, and even in kids' church this morning, the same theme, and none of us talked about, you know, there was no discussion about what the worship set was this morning. There was no discussion with Coral. I don't know what your sermon was, but I'm sure it's a similar vein. Um, But even in kids' church this morning, we we were talking about the miracles that always met the people's needs. And so his last comment is go and make disciples 
Do you know you're actually a miracle waiting to be poured out for out there? Like God has poured everything into us so that we can be hands and feet and mouthpieces to go out there and declare his goodness. (laughs) But none of that was possible without the cross. The power came in his leaving and being with the Father and, and him sending the Holy Spirit. And so um, as we take communion this morning, I'm believing for signs, wonders and miracles in physical bodies and in the restoration of people's minds and in finance and in family restoration in relationships because just because we're the church doesn't mean that that stuff doesn't happen to us those disciples have emotions and we don't necessarily read about it but I dare say they weren't feeling really great when he got crucified and left you know if that was me I think I'd be sitting there going this wasn't the deal (laughs) what do I do now I left my life to be with you. You left me. Foreign land. Don't know where I am. No family. Don't know what to do. Got nothing. I'm not going to be sitting there happy and joyous. And I think sometimes we forget that in church, we don't have to be happy and joyous all the time. We've still got issues. But God brings the healing. God brings the answer. God brings the solution. Um, because he said he'd meet our needs. So, Father, I just thank you that as we take communion this morning, that you would meet every need in this building. Father, we thank you for physical healing in this building right now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for bodies restored. And God, we thank you for minds restored in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for chemical imbalances in this place to be set right once and for all. And Father, we just thank you for an encounter with the Prince of Peace in this place. And we thank you for an encounter with joy in this place this morning. Father, we thank you for restoration of relationships in families. God, we thank you um, for provision of finance for those who need it. Father, we thank you that we are your hands and feet. God, and you said go. And Father, we just thank you that we are equipped. You've given us everything we need. And you will continue to give us everything we need to go into all the nations. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Would you take your bread and eat? Yeah, thank you, Jesus, for your bloodshed on that cross. Thank you (laughs) that with this cup we have everything that we need. We thank you for restoration first and foremost between you and us. God, and we thank you that out of that everything else comes. In Jesus' name. Amen.
kids are coming back just in time for the end. Um, yeah, so how was that? A bit of food for thought going on there. So yeah, just let's uh, take some of that stuff and yeah, go out and apply it. So yeah, just got a few announcements happening. Uh, well, yeah, obviously there's coffee at the end of the service, so yeah, that's pretty important. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Monday mornings here we've got uh, playgroup, 9.30, so yeah, bring your kids along, uh, I'm sure they'd, be, they'd love to have some helpers as well. Um, Tuesday night at Flick's house. At 7.30, there's the women's night going on. Uh, if you don't know where that is, you ask Coral or Mal or Flick, even. Um, yeah, we've got Wednesday nights uh, in here. We've got the prayer night going on. So, yeah, come along. There's some powerful stuff happens there. Uh, moving on, we've got Thursday morning, there's... Um, a prayer meeting here in the William Room, just out there, to pray for the school. And yeah, any more details, yeah, jump on the website. So just moving on a bit further, upcoming on December the 16th, we've got a Christmas family dinner happening. So yeah, there'd be some invites on the foyer table there. We're also going to be having a, um, a Christmas tree for the kids for the Southern Cross Kid Camp. So, yeah, we can all donate presents for that, for the, those kids that are hard done by by life. And, um, yeah, and we can uh, donate uh, books, Christmas books, in, to Fiji. As part of the uh, mission to um, the Northern Christian Training Centre. That's uh, through Marion. And uh, yeah, you can always put stuff into the uh, post box or um, donate via the uh, square at the coffee table. So yeah, that's, I think that's the end of the uh, announcements. So let's, uh, yeah, go forward into the week. One more quick announcement that didn't make the announcements. Uh, Friday this week is our second um, breakfast at the school. So if you were one of our people that did the school's working, not working, child safe thing, you know who you are. If you've done the school child safe thing uh, and you wanted to help serve, Friday this week, come and see me just so I know numbers and we've got a team together. Come and see me today. Um, excellent opportunity to serve. Last time we had about 20, 25 for breakfast, I think. Um, and the other thing, quick, quick um, feedback for the week. We were able to do coffees again for um, the school staff on Friday, um, which set them up for an amazing day. They've really been blessed by us being being able to be in their space and do what we can um, to help them, which is amazing. So thank you for those who've generously sown with the square. Um, that's amazing. It's doing amazing things.
There's, there's one more. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Um, next um, next uh, Sunday is our all-in Sunday. Um, so all the kids will be in, um, which we think is important uh, that the kids, you know, learn how to be um, in uh, in this environment, and uh, and it's a wonderful thing. So the when we have an all-in, we um, have a, a lunch afterwards, and it's BYO picnic or or takeaway, and we, we have lunch here um, together if you if you're available, um, and the plan. There is a plan that if anybody is available after that, um, we're going to have a, a, a bit of a working bee um, in the school. All right, and that's, um, if you like pulling out weeds, that's what we'll be doing. If you don't like pulling out weeds, that's what we'll be doing. <laughs> um, that's the focus um, to, um, yeah, just to be a blessing and, and to help. Thanks, Steve. I don't think there's any others, Steve. So. No, no, probably not. I was just going to say, yeah, uh, yeah, as we leave this place, yeah. Say good day to somebody, catch up with somebody, and go out to lunch or whatever. Yeah. And the Lord bless you. And have a good week and apply our stuff.